This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. It's 11 minutes past 8 and you're listening to The Free Breakfast on Free FM 89.0 with Kelly Pike on your Tuesday morning. And I know I've been promising to have Hamilton Rear Paula Southgate on the show for a couple of weeks. We do have her now, uh, so thank you very much for joining us this morning. Not a problem. Oh, look, I've, I've, been, uh, I've been pretty full on over the last couple of weeks. We've had lots of um, big things happening, such as the annual plan, getting that out. Of course, we've been dealing with water issues between uh, the Waikato River and Auckland yeah. and um, Alice Statues uh, and all of those water around. So it's actually been a flat out three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, and actually more so because I know that during uh, the COVID and our different alert levels, people might have thought that you were just sort of chilling out at home, but that was an extremely busy time for you as well. Uh, I've never been busier, to be honest, um, because you have to do everything on that online platform, you know, Skype, Zoom, yeah. Team, whichever platform you're using, uh, and you're trying to keep constantly connected with as many people as you can during that time. Uh, our council was the first council to run full council meetings um, with Zoom, especially as, as soon as the government said we could vote that way, we were off and all of our committees came back onto the radar. Uh, it took a little longer than face-to-face meetings because if you've done a Zoom call, mm-hmm. you know you're looking at about 25 faces on a screen trying to count the number of hands up and yeah. who wants to speak next and that kind of thing. Some of our Zoom meetings went for hours. Um, one went for eight. Yeah, so I guess that was the annual plan? Yes, yes, that's right. Two lots of eight-hour meetings for the annual plan. Okay, so for listeners, uh, we have a 10-year plan which is reviewed every three years and the budget for that is reviewed yearly, (laughs) which is where we are at the moment, annual plan. But you've also called this a COVID recovery budget. So could you tell us, I guess, where you're going with that or how this might differ from the normal annual plan? Absolutely. So back in March, March 17th, I think, was the first time we started talking about the usual annual plan. And as you say, you're quite right. We look at what's in that year of the long-term plan and we make some adjustments. So pretty much there are just minor adjustments. We may not have even had to consult, if depending how minor they are, um, just to the programs that we could go to carry out for next year. Then came COVID and the whole world changed and the economies had the most pressure on it since the Great Depression. And so at that time we had to um, adapt very quickly and do some things that we hadn't planned to do um, to support the community, like the million dollar community grants and some rebates for businesses and things like that. Uh, But we're not out of the woods yet. We've got a long way to go with um, recovering from COVID. So the the plan started to look at what, what do we need to do differently um, in the upcoming year to help people start to recover from the COVID effects. And there was a lot. Um, There's a lot of different things to do. So it became, you know, we had to look for considerable cost savings. We had other areas of work coming in. Um, and, you know, that made it as the sort of plan we need to consult on. So uh, would it be right in saying that you're sort of looking at uh, cutting costs to make it easier for the ratepayer or to make 
the rates bill or an increase not as high to make it just easier on households. But And you're also presuming that there's been a decrease of about $25 million in income for councils? That's yes, that's right. That's okay. right. Um, yeah, so that, that's the other thing. We, we, we are... Sorry about that. That's the notifications on my phone. Um, apologies. Uh, we have... Um, we are, like any other business, losing money. We lost money through the stadium. We lost money through Claudelands and um, uh, our pools, our libraries, you name it. So we did lose a lot of money. Um, and, of course, those projects are normally funded by the ratepayer who uses them. So now we have to look at other ways of covering those losses. In addition, um, we needed to start looking at how we're going to stimulate the economy again. So there were some areas of work where we need to invest, especially as we're a fast-growing city. So we looked at what we could bring forward. We spent a lot of... Uh, we've put 22 projects up to central government for funding. 11 have made the cut for for consideration and we're still waiting to hear what ones we're lucky with. So there was a lot more work happening over COVID lockdown than we expected. Yeah. And, we, and I think all around the country, in fact, I was at a meeting with the uh, New Zealand uh, president of local government yesterday, and he says this has hit all councils. Your question about how do we soften soften the impact on ratepayers is a good one. Some of the smaller councils, for example, if they had run a surplus last year or um, they have no debt, um, <laughs> not they've, been able to, they've been able to severely reduce the rates. But neither of those situations apply in Hamilton. We, we were okay. running huge losses and we have a substantial city debt that we are paying back. Okay. So we're striking a balance. So we're going to jump into the consultation document. Uh, I mean, because I do urge all listeners to go and check it out. It's very uh, kind of simple to understand and follow. It's, it's good in that respect. Um, so the first thing we've done is some changes to the capital program. So this is investment in those big uh, infrastructure projects. And so what would yes. you see as some of the key changes that people might be most interested in? Well, in actual fact, we've maintained quite an aggressive um, capital budget, though we have deferred over... <laughs> aggressive, okay. one. Yeah, well, well, because we were growing fast as a city, and we've got Peacock, we've got Rukura, um, potentially Rotokori, we've got Insulin City, we've um, got the need for new water treatment to the south of Hamilton, and those kind of things. We've been planning for growth for some time, and that, of course, is why ratepayers little hits about two years ago yeah. and then it was forecast it would be 3.8, 3.8 for the next three years. So uh, we're still doing all, a lot of our work where we found quite a few projects to do, delay or defer. Uh, so there's a list of the projects and the annual plan that we have potentially deferred for a year, which we don't think will make too much difference to the way people live their lives, um, but we'll eventually have to come and do those, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, that would be the key thing, wouldn't it? I mean, just if we defer it now, we're going to have to pay for it later anyway and probably at more cost. And that's right. And that's what um, previous councils had done and were trying to, to redress, really. What they had done is deferred the maintenance and renewals of city assets for so long that um, it came at a much higher price. So it's really important that we don't let the city run down. We keep looking after what we've already got. Um, we haven't balanced our books yet, so that means that the rates are, are still helping us pay for everyday costs, but they're not quite enough. 
um, we we need to start running, and we would have run a good surplus last year to pay debt had COVID not hit us. And we'd have been looking sort of to brighter times, but we've had to take a really big step back. Okay, so our listeners can head to the website to find out uh, the projects that are potentially being deferred or perhaps not quite as much invested into and have their say on whether they agree with those particular items or not. Yeah. The second point... Sorry, go. Oh, no, sorry. The second point, and sorry, I'm rushing. I'm, there's just so much to get through. Um, <laughs> the second point is your targeted relief package. And the, the one I want to focus on, because I've seen a lot of dialogue on it, is the rates uh, relief for home owners but not tenants. Is anything being done to sort of look at how we might uh, do something there or change how those rebates happen? No, probably not, unfortunately. Okay. And I know how tenants feel, but we have no legal act access to tenancy um, agreements or so we any property we would not know who was in it at the time we would not know how long they've been in it nor the rent they're paying or any other matter that is before between the land agent and the tenant Uh, so all we can do by law is work on who owns the property i do think you would like to think that tenants if there were savings that really made a difference would pass some of those down to their mm, tenants yeah. but we just have no opportunity to do anything other than what we're doing we can only rate owners of properties and i guess it's a point i mean renters are rate payers too but the relationship the council has is with the home owner which is why at that's the moment right. there's nothing there um, that's right mm. and and in terms of affordability and support uh, renters have access to uh, the government schemes of risk of, of support, but not directly, unfortunately, to any rate rebate scheme of council. Okay, so if we're looking at reprioritising, and you know, this tends to be the most interesting to people, these are the projects, the ones that are sort yeah. of a little bit easier to understand, and these things that we might be particularly excited about or particularly disagree with. Any there that you would like to draw attention to, uh, perhaps to encourage people to support? Are you allowed to do that? Oh, look, well, it's interesting because different councillors had different passions and we were trying to save money. There was a a few of us that wanted to soften the rate increase, take it down a further percent in recognition of the way that the community at large is hurting Um, and putting additional projects in is kind of counter to that when you're trying to find ways to make savings. But um, the projects that have gone in are actually very exciting. There are some improvements to the central city proposed in there. There's Lake Waifokareki and the zoo entrance. Um, I'm just trying to think of the full list now. Uh, And those are two that I particularly like. Uh, But there are some things that I think, oh, well, that could have been delayed. We've deferred, for example, um, removing the municipal pools to allow a conversation to occur in the long-term plan. Um, You know, look... Everybody feels quite differently to about different things. Oh, one of them, of course, is to pay the living wage to star, Hamilton staff as well. So uh, there was robust debate on it, almost every item, hence the eight-hour meeting. <laughs> yeah. so, I, <laughs> so I invite people to kind of um, have a look, really, and decide what it is they... they um, could support. Yeah, and, and look, and if you do want some 
painful watching. You can go to the Hempleton City Council's YouTube page and watch those meetings if you like. Um, you, you can, can try to skim to the issues that are really important to you. And I, I recommend it for those the issues that you really care about because it's always good to see uh, the fors and against in terms of arguments for and against um, to help yeah. you have a better understanding of what the councillors are dealing with when they make decisions. It's not always black and white. Uh, the living wage is actually a really good example of one where you can see both sides and it's where are we going to find the middle. And, but that's, of course, what the community now has the opportunity to have their say on. Absolutely, absolutely, and I just, um, I would just say for um, for people's interest that you know everything you take out saves some money. Everything that you put in adds adds money. So it's about not just looking at one thing or the other, but looking at the overall picture of affordability. For example, um, we have. Uh, recycling coming in this year too so we've got a little bit of extra resource to meet that um, climate action plan is another one of the new projects that uh, people may be interested in there were we needed to look at bike connectivity so there's a few more cycling projects in there and then there are some uh, some projects to help the community for example there's a little bit of money going into the Enderley Fairfield community uh, because um, Councillor Bunting and Councillor Naidu Rowe feel very strongly that that community is underserved for support. Um, I probably I probably agree with that. And so we've put a little bit of money in there to help Enderley Park, Fairfield area, do some community-led development, uh, which, was, which was another one. So all of and, this... And also the city safe, going keeping the city safe in the um, suburbs, just not just in... Um, the centre of town was another one. So, okay. So all of this information is on the Hamilton City Council's website. There is a, an online form that you can fill in with your feedback. There's also printed copies at most council facilities, I guess. Um, yes, and do you know if the council are taking social media comments as feedback at the moment? Uh, they're not. We will collate. Not them. officially. Um, no, there, there are. Some, there is some law around what consultation is actually is and uh, you know it must come in and do it form and be on time and all of those kind of things having said that that doesn't mean um, it's not worthwhile uh, commenting on social media whether it's social media uh, to our Hamilton City Council social media page because we do collate and keep all that data and it informs informs our thinking um, but the best thing as you say is for people to take 10 minutes and do that online Form, which actually I think is better than it has been in the past because it guides you through the various areas. And of course, the other area at the end, you can say whatever it is you like. I suspect we are going to get people talking about the rates and saying we should freeze rates, which I would like to address, or um, freeze rates or push them down a bit. Now, I might personally have some sympathy for um, softening the rate impact uh, we can't freeze rates because uh, we, there were so many projects that wouldn't get done that would hold the city back for many, many more years. Things like, you know, putting all the infrastructure in for the Peacock development, the Rotatuna Village, um, the undeveloped parks in the north of Hamilton, improvements to, well, improvements to the central city with the boardwalk between uh, the museum and potentially Victoria on the River at some stage coming in. The Waikato uh, Theatre is going in. We've got a lot of stuff to do around it. 
also um, some of the city safety uh, projects, some of the most dangerous intersections would be deferred or delayed. So, you know, people do need to have mm. a close look at that and think, what would happen if we paid no rates? We'd have to have a slash and burn budget in that case. Yeah. And people would really see it on the ground, you know, and it would go down to discussions like, you know, do we, how often do we mow um, the berms, etc. Well, actually, mowing afford? the lawns isn't good for the environment, is it? I thought we should be growing them. Isn't that an environmental thing? Maybe. Yeah, well, maybe. Some people feel, <laughs> feel that way. My lawn is certainly very long and natural at the moment. Oh, that's, um, that's good for biodiversity. Um, I'm sorry, we do have to leave it there because we have run out of time. Um, and I know there's lots more that has gone on. We've got the um, voting system. Um, we're asking uh, the com- you know, community whether or not they like first past the post or single transferable voting. So please head to uh, the website to find out more about that. It's yourcityelections.co.nz and the council comms team have done a really good job of getting that information out there. Um, just briefly before we go, where are we with the Captain Hamilton statue? and the steps moving forward. Right, thank you. So what are two things I want to say about the Captain Hamilton statue. First of all, the Captain Hamilton statue was removed for public safety reasons. Uh, yes, it had been threatened by someone that it would be removed during the Black Lives Matter march, and that threat was credible. So we removed it for that purpose. Before that, however, we've been having conversations with Waikato Tainui, and Mayor Andrew King himself had set set on the track process to look at the historical uh, names for some parts of our city and some of the the areas that cause the most cultural offence. That report is out and it's online and I've been sharing it on my Facebook page Mm -hmm. too to have a read. Um, Totally independent historical facts around Hamilton. So the next step in August is to consider what can we do with the statue. There are lots of options that people have been popping up and we will come to the council with three options. Uh, well, you know, and there could be anything from reinstating it, putting it in the, li- in the museum, putting it in some other public place or, you know, maybe even in a national museum. There's a few ideas. To me, wherever it goes, it must have the correct history and interpretation alongside it yeah. um, because there's a bit of a difference between revering something and remembering something and we've got to make that clear. Um, uh, but there's a whole context going on at the moment. If you've been reading, people are really talking about what we need to do to address um, historic wrongs and understand the history of our um, city. And I'm not proposing to do anything with a knee-jerk reaction. I'm proposing to have some really brave and courageous conversations with our city to share a lot of information about our histories, which doesn't take away from European history. It adds the depth of Māori history, and that's what we need to be doing. So across this next year and a half, we'll be having a lot of um, process around understanding our city better and trying to find a way of moving forward together as a people, all of us, all Hamiltonians, understanding how we address this. So, I mean, definitely recommend checking out Vincent o- Dr. Vincent O'Malley's report on the council's it's website. Read. It's, it's, you know, it's not what I expected, but it was really good to have that information there and I hope people access it and it's, um, you know, well read and widely read. So we yeah. will hear more about this in August and do we get to have our say? I mean, you see there'll be a few um, partic- uh, pathways put forward. Do we have our say on what actually happens? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think this issue is of such high public interest that the whole of Hamilton must be involved yeah. in, the, in the decision making. 
um, I'm just asking people to have some compassion and some patience mm. and an open mind and just let's share some knowledge in the short term and then let's get together and decide what the best course of action is. Wonderful. Uh, Hamilton Mayor Paula Southgate, thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Free Breakfast. Thank you very much too. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.